You're listening to the Who's Driving Your Car podcast, episode 10. Hello and welcome to the Who's Driving Your Car podcast, where we discuss not only who or what might be driving your life, but also the great views and experiences along the way. Do you drive in the fast lane like my wife, or do you feel like you're stuck in first gear? You only get one life to live, and it can be either a total wreck or a beautiful cruise into the sunset. We are three friends that have collectively experienced almost anything that could possibly happen in this crazy world, and we'll be discussing our personal reflections and experiences so hopefully you can avoid running out of gas and truly enjoy the wind blowing in your hair. So hop on in with us for a little road trip called life, and let's discuss who's driving your car. Aye! Welcome back to Who's Driving Your Car, episode 10. Diaz. Not Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, guys. Uh, on today's topic, we will be discussing patience, uh, which I'm sure all of us at one time or another or currently are struggling with that. Um, so we thought it'd be a good topic to delve into as a little... Precursor, I guess. The first thing I thought of when the topic came about was a little saying I used to hear all the time when growing up, and that is, patience is a virtue. Catch it if you can. Seldom possessed by a woman, never possessed by a man. <laughs> that, was, that was a Lady J quote? Yeah, Lady J used to tell me that all the time growing up. I, I, used to str- I still do, but I've gotten a little better with patience over the years. But pretty much every time it comes to mind, it's kind of ingrained in my head a little bit. Yeah, we heard about that baseball uh, episode. Whew. Ooh. See, that's a sticking point. <laughs> Going to need to find the newspaper article on that, too, at some point, too. I want a video. I still want the video. I don't think that exists, man. I'm sure we could find it. Yeah. It's out there somewhere. Somewhere. What y'all been up to, guys? Well, um, I've been just raising kids, uh, get, trying to get that together. Uh, baby boy is one month old today. Um, had an interesting go thing going, uh, over the last couple of weeks. Um, they've got a Louisiana native, uh, kid who's a pole vaulter, professional pole vaulter named Mondo Duplantis. He broke the, uh, pole vaulting world record twice, uh, over the last, uh, couple of weeks. Um, so his current world record is, uh, 6.18 meters, which is about, uh, 20 feet, three and a quarter inches. So it's pretty amazing. He's only like 20 or 19, 20, right around that age. It's pretty amazing. Um, I actually saw the kid jump whenever he was probably about 10 or 11 years old. They had, uh, my younger brothers were still jumping at that time. And they had, they would call like rock and roll jump where they would play music over the um, stadium at uh, <clears throat> the LSU track. And uh, they would just have all of the kids go jump. Well, he had an older brother who was in high school jumping, who was a good athlete, good vaulter also. Pretty sure that he jumped professionally for a while also. Um, so I saw this kid jump, and at that age, he was the world record holder for his age. Uh, and he was jumping like, I don't know, 13 feet or something like that at age 10 or 11. It was pretty amazing. So he's uh, doing some pretty great things. He comes from a, uh, a line of pole vaulters. His dad was a professional pole vaulter. Uh, he actually jumped at LSU also, which Mondo um, jumped at LSU too. He broke the, um, record that they had, uh, which was, uh, set by a buddy of mine, Russ Buller, 
Russ Buller had broke his dad's record, so now the... No kidding. Yeah, the uh, Duplantis uh, family took back the record. I think it's going to be pretty safe for a while. I think the current LSU record now is like 1910, um, and Russ's record was uh, 18.8 and like three quarters of an inch. Um, Greg Duplantis' record was 18.5 and a quarter an inch. He set that in 86, and then Russ set it in... 2000 so it's it's a a pretty neat circle of how all that came about yeah dude i was actually on the trip recently and on our way back somehow cannon had the broadcast up where he i think duplantis just broke his own record like he had broke he had like set a record right weeks back and he just breaks it and we were listening to it live when it happened and i was like Holy cow, I'd never listened actually to a track meet on the radio or anything <laughs> like that. Uh, so it's pretty cool. And then the documentary that, um, that I guess they're coming out with, Gabe sent that little trailer. It looked pretty mm-hmm. cool. Showing him jumping when he was like three or four years old yeah. running around out there, man. Yeah, it, it's, it was pretty neat. And, uh, you know, track and field in other parts of the world, it's completely different. It's like football is for us. Uh, They'll have track meets like, or they'll have jumping events like down the main places in big cities and stuff like that. It's really crazy. Like it's really party, um, fun atmosphere, just pretty wild. So anyway, it was pretty neat. I know I sent both of y'all that video. That was the first original record that he broke. There was a French guy who had the record um, that he broke originally, but he's broken it since that last video that I sent y'all. Wow. Yeah, that's another, pretty awesome. You know, inch or so. That's awesome. So, pretty impressive. Y'all should watch it if you haven't. It's uh it's a pretty cool um sport. Takes a lot of uh patience, a lot of courage, a lot of athleticism to do what that guy's done. Because he's not a very big guy either, so it's it's physically challenging uh from the physics aspect just because he's a smaller guy. Um, but it's amazing. When I watch those guys go up, I mean, I guess you have to have the momentum going forward to bend that pole and then be able to have the strength to hold on and propel yourself. I always wonder, it always makes me nervous. Like, what if you get a pathway, you get, in his case, 17 feet. Oh, boy, the pole yeah. decides to go backwards. I mean, you only got, if your momentum's not going forward, that's not good because that's where the big cushion is. Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky situation. Uh, so I vaulted growing up, um, and you don't always hit the mat. Sometimes it's pretty tough. Oh, <laughs> Whenever man. we were jumping, they had, uh, we had some places that we jumped that didn't have great facilities, and I remember going through the mat and dis- dislocating my shoulder at one meet, so that was pretty interesting. Uh, but then there's also the chance that you're going to break a pole, um, and then if you break it appropriately, the you normally just fly right into the mat and it's not a big issue, but sometimes people will step on your pole uh, with a, a cleat and it will not break like it's supposed to in multiple pieces. And you'll just have two big pieces that can stab you or you don't know where you're going to land whenever it happens like that. So John is giving the viewers a real in-depth view into the pole vaulting world here. Well, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I vaulted. It was a big part of his life and family's life. <laughs> all of my, all of, all of my brothers except my oldest brother vaulted. And uh, just to give you a little heads up, I was like a world class vaulter up until like the 1940s. After that, I, I couldn't hang. <laughs> Negative. But we really have to. That's what Gabe did, right? Gabe vaulted. That's vaulting. what I, I really like to thank Paul for that because that's a big part of our LSU experience, national <laughs> championships. L Club. So pole Woo! vaulting. Pole vaulting is it's close to my heart because of that. Truly. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, you just take 
took a trip recently, right, Hot Dog? That's right, man. We made it to Death Valley and back. Um, was a great trip with Cannon, I will say. I know we alluded to in a few of the previous episodes. It was the cheapest trip I've ever taken. And I'm not saying that in a whatever way, because I, I not like I'm just throwing money around out there, which Cannon, I think, thinks I am. Making it rain. But yeah, we did the whole trip, man, including like food and everything. I was probably in the five something range. And for tickets, uh, places we stayed, rental car, food for three nights, four days, pretty good. And I had never been to Nevada. We stayed out there. The lady we got the Airbnb from, they refer to themselves as desert rats out there. And I felt, I felt it was actually pretty fitting. You know, no trees. We were hiking out there in the Mojave Desert for the most part. The highs were in the 70s, low about 38, 39 at night. Both nights in the second place we stayed, we caught a fire, sat under the stars. Life slowed down a little bit, so it was great. Sounds like a uh, pretty tame desert if it's 70s. Dude, it gets 140 in the summertime. <clears throat> okay. So it's it like, pleasant this time of year. Yeah, real pleasant. It's like the most popular time to go to the park out there. Heinen actually texted me and said he had done camped out in the actual park about 12 years ago, so it seems right up his alley. Wow. Well, Heinen normally goes and carries his own food and walks yeah. across wherever they go for seven to 10 days. He's pretty intense. Um, so He's a little more extreme than I probably am. Probably a little um, different than what you did. Yeah. We're kind of, it was kind of like Highlands, man. Short hikes. <laughs> uh, short hikes. <laughs> yeah. One short mile hikes. One mile out. Well, I will say we did like a lot a of shopping. Two mile. Fancy no meals. No shopping, dude. No shopping I on know. this trip. I can't believe that. I actually didn't think about it. Uh, <laughs> we did do a hike through the, some like sand dunes out there. It was pretty rough. It's about a two mile hike, which doesn't seem that far, but through sand, it's a good little haul. Uh, did not have cell service in the park for the most part, which was nice because normally my phone's going off between one thing or another constantly. So it was nice to kind of disconnect a little bit. Um, and probably one of the cooler things we saw, we're at the lowest elevation in North America. Really? Yeah. I saw that sign. Well, 200 282 feet. Man, Craig, you were locked in. I'm, hey, I'm you know, impressed, I'm dude. <laughs> yeah. It was the lowest elevation in North America. So overall, great trip. Good time. Awesome, Did you have man. some good food on that trip? Um, did man we um ate at a couple wineries they have wineries out there had some nice meals but my favorite food was from the mexican place where first night we was three nights first night was in vegas but the next two was in this little place called paw rump nevada and i mean it's kind of middle of nowhere say that again what is it paw rump paw rump p-a-h-r-u-m-p okay paw rump and um so we go, it was the first night we were going to eat at this winery, and it was good. It was nice food, you know. Um, I think I had Mai Mai that night at it. But we, before, the lady who has the Airbnb was, like, right in front of us. She's like, you got to go try these um, street tacos from this place that looks literally like a hole in the wall, right up my alley. Like, we're talking local place, but, like, times they're a dollar. Fabulous. Had four of them before. <laughs> before your meal? Before the wow. meal. Nice. It's or no, three that some, night. Three that night before the meal. Packed on some pounds over there. Dude, I gained a little weight recently, actually. Sweet. Good. Which is a positive. Uh, and then the next night, I was literally like them so much. I was like, Cannon, we got to go back. So we hauled our way right back to the place. Nice little family-owned place. Um, very good tacos. So, yeah, the food overall on the trip was great. Got to experience a new lounge, too, dude. I know we love our United Club when we fly. I don't know the name of it, but it came with Cannon Sapphire Card. But it was a pretty cool experience, too, on the way back. So it was great. My kind of trip. Nice. 
Now, I heard you got a, uh, a new nickname on this trip, right? <sighs> I knew you were going to bring that up. <laughs> Detail. Detail, Steve. Well, um, you know, we talked about him being, he wants to be my Facebook friend and all that. Sure. He's kind of high maintenance stuff to, to handle long term. <laughs> well, so sad. It really I think, is. I think, uh, at, was this the first night that y'all were there? This actually came about, yeah, the, oh, you're talking about the pillows? Well, no, I'm just, just talking about the nickname. We don't need any of the specifics. So, first night? First night or right before we left. I think he had already created the name in his head before we left. And oh, probably so he came had about, it <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, he, he got another new nickname. So, um, after, you know, one day on the trip, uh, Cannon started calling him the Travel Diva. The Travel Diva. <laughs> Can you believe that, Craig? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That is awesome. This one is not going to stick because it's travel a diva. And Cannon is not here to defend himself. I know he wishes he was. Because before the trip, I was sitting here. We were staying in places that were like, and I'm not dogging this. It worked out great. I loved it. Like 40 bucks a night. Going into it, I was a little skeptical. I think I made that known. Understandable. Just a tad. I like my sleep. The amount I get. I like to stay in somewhere halfway decent for it. So I was a little skeptical. Not going to lie. Because of the skepticism, Cannon and his wife think it's pretty funny that I'm concerned with what the accommodations are or whether I can bring, I carried on a bag. Instead, he had his whole trip into a personal item, like, you know, a small backpack that you put under your seat. I carried on for an extra 40 bucks each leg, not checked, carried the bag on. And then I think what got him the most was first night, we're staying at a pretty nice little place, more Matthew style in Vegas a house we rented for a night on the outskirts and I'm sitting, I get in the bed, my bed and the pillow's a little hard. And I was like, eh, <laughs> I was like, this isn't super exciting. So I texted Cannon. I just said, yo man, who's in the other room across the house is your pillow hard. What's, what's the pillow situation like in there? And he's Are like, you comfortable? Because I'd like to uh, take your pillow. Is that what happened? Dude, I'm thinking the Are bed you, has, <laughs> you want to switch. Want no, to switch. or the bed has more than one pillow and he's not using them. I didn't know. He's in a king size bed in there. So I was like, I took the smaller room both nights where we stayed. Uh, so I, I'm just going to throw that out there for the viewers too, listeners. And so he texts me back. He's like, I don't even sleep on a pillow. Yeah, you can come see whatever I got. So I come in there. Pillow was much worse than what I had. <laughs> <laughs> so the grass isn't always greener. Is that what you're saying? Well, hey, man, we just want to see what the options were. And so the next thing I know, there he is telling his wife about, there's Travel Diva coming out again just because I oh, wanted to see if there were softer on. pillows in the house. That's funny. Craig, I got to say, I, I really don't think he would make it on a balcony uh, several nights in a row sleeping, um, Ooh. especially in the rain. I would have rather yeah. slept in a tent <laughs> than probably where we were. I told Cannon that. I would have been fine sleeping in a tent. I think people are getting the wrong misconception of that. Okay. I think the situation. people are getting a good... A good visual and good overall hot dog perspective. I'm going to add one more thing to this trip. My, one of my favorite parts is, I've already alluded to this on the previous episode, the movie that I saw, Just Mercy, I'm now reading the book, and I'm down to like 20 pages left. I highly recommend one of the best books I've read. That's really kind of what I wanted to do in all my free time was read that book. So it's a nice, humbling, mm, thought-provoking type book, and I would recommend it to everyone. So as far as being on the trip, what was your favorite part of the trip itself? Hiking-wise, being out in nature kind of deal. Yeah, man. I think my favorite part of the trip probably was having no cell phone service. To be no nice. cell phone, huh? Okay. Uh, you can turn that thing off anytime. Well, in general, I kind of like to be connected. 
if or if I know I can be connected, I'm going to be like when I got out of the park, I had like 38 text messages. Like that's how normal my phone is going off for one thing or another. And so when you literally are forced not to be, it's kind of like, well, certain places we've gone where they've taken our phones. Like when you have the ability not to think about having your phone, it's a nice, um, refreshing moment. That was great. Obviously the hikes were good being outside. We did a lot of driving, listened to some music. I picked up on some new tunes, man, some great songs that Cannon had opened my world to that a little bit. Got to spend some good time with him too. So no complaints. Kind of how it is for me. That sounds awesome. It was a good time. No, it's it's a great thing to be disconnected like that. And I mean, whenever we went to uh, Machu Picchu, it was the same way. I mean, we were doing the Inca Trail and we were out eight, ten hours a day, however long we were hiking. And <clears throat> there's no cell service and you couldn't get any messages or anything like that until you got back to your room. And then all of a sudden, bing, 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 bing. You're like, oh, God, yeah. we're going to yeah. throw this phone. <laughs> so it's pretty interesting. It was a great trip. Anyway, what you been up to, Craig Cream? Oh, man, not as exciting as, as that. I'm not, you know, couldn't be a travel diva, but I, uh, we did <laughs> go on, to Craig. Baton Rouge. I'm back. sorry, I did. I so you, you went back. to Death Valley, too, then? <laughs> I, didn't go to, I go into a different <laughs> Death Valley. Death Valley in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, my 18-year-old daughter got accepted to LSU, and we'll be starting in the fall. So this was a, a, a daily, it's called Destination LSU. So for kids who've been accepted, you can come you know, meet kids in the same major, meet the department heads, the chairmen, and kind of see where the dorms are. And so it was fun to go have some time with her and uh, kind of go through the classrooms and walk the campus, look at the dorms, kind of see some of the organizations and kind of getting fired up for it. So it was yeah, cool. So it's like a full experience. So you even yeah. go see some of the classrooms. Oh, and stuff absolutely. Like that. Yeah, it was oh, great. Okay. So great. were they like rolling out the red carpet like, oh, Craig Green's returning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, Craig Green's here. No. <laughs> Oh, that would have been pretty cool to be on the Tiger Stadium. So maybe one day we'll get AccuPlus, uh, get a banner up there. Yeah, so dude, that would be awesome. That would be a nice accomplishment. Funny uh, sort of side with that, Craig. Uh-oh. So, oh, Lord. Here we go. I, was t- I told John the story. I don't think I could tell it to you. So I went to the workout room and lay at the front desk. Do you know her name, John? We're talking about this. She lives near Gabe. So I'm in there and I'm telling her about the podcast, trying to pick up another listener for us. And she's like, who's doing this with you? So I, I get the podcast on her phone for her. She's an older lady. She's looking at it, and I'm like, uh, this is Dr. Caraway. He's a chiropractor, and this is Dr. Morton. And um, she looks at your picture, and then she turns around. I didn't even realize Greywood was carrying AccuPlus. Oh. And she goes, wait, this is the guy who makes the cream? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I was yes. like, yep, that's him. One of our friends uh, um, got it into the hands of the golf pro over there. Nice. And so he liked it. And so now they've got it at Greywood Sports Club. Yeah, man. Nice. Wow, so that made pretty, me laugh pretty hard pretty with cool. the name and the fact it's out there, man. That's awesome. Oh, awesome, man. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, no problem, man. So good, man. I'm glad the trip went well to uh, over to LSU. I'm, I'm sure that's uh, some exciting endeavors ahead for the Morton family. Oh, yeah. It's going to be an adventure. No doubt about it. Let's hop on into the topic here. I'm glad we've had a nice little banter between ourselves here for a little bit. <laughs> what do y'all think on, on uh, patience? I kind of wrote down a few thoughts, but before I hop into what, where I'm at on it, what do y'all think? Well, um, I kind of was thinking about what we were going to talk about. And it's, it's a pretty broad uh, subject, kind of like some of the other things we talked about, inspiration, faith, other things like that. So I always like to look around and see what other people have said about it. And an interesting quote came up um, that I'd like to share with you. You know, it reminded me of something that Craig Green said, and um, 
one of the uh, earlier podcasts. <laughs> and the quote is, patience is bitter, but its fruit is sweet. Kind of like Greg Green's uh, tomato-less fruit salad. Um, anyway, <laughs> that was, that. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, a quote from Aristotle. Um, so anyway, I read that. I was like, oh, I definitely got to bring that up. That way I can bring up the fruit salad again. <laughs> nice. Yes, okay. <laughs> I've never heard that quote, actually. It is good. Me either. That was a good one. Yeah. Well, when I was looking into it, it's kind of weird. I didn't delve too far. Normally, I do kind of Google a little bit, but I thought we were rolling with trust, which we'll come back to that topic at some point. But John thought it was a little closely related to our previous topic of faith, which is kind of true. So we we rolled ourselves into patience. And all I did was consult my handy-dandy notepads for this topic. And I kind of, it's a little bit mm, biblically driven, but I came up with three quotes that kind of speak to me that I've read a little bit and then can toggle off into some of my thoughts on them. But the first is, is pretty simple. It just says it's from, I actually always struggle with how to say this word, name in the Bible. It's not in all Bibles, but it's Sirach or Sirach. Sirach. Yeah. It's one of my favorite books in the Bible, man. Some real thought-provoking happenings going on in there. Uh, and it says, be not impatient with prayers. And that's something that's pretty um, impactful for me personally because uh, you can be praying for something in your life that could be job, a relationship, something you're longing for, peace, wisdom. And a lot of times things don't just happen instantly. Um, and it's, it's not necessarily in our time. And just because things aren't going the way that we want them to go or I want them to go, being persistent with the prayers and and. It kind of does talk along to having some faith in it, but not to be impatient. Uh, and that kind of, honestly, you reap the fruits, just like John said from, the, from his quote he gave. But that's one that sticks out to me. I have a couple others I'll share, but that one was, honestly, in its most simplistic form. Uh, that's the, the art of developing some sort of faith, belief. You have to be persistent. It's not going to necessarily happen to you instantly. Yeah, I, I think that a lot of people um, struggle with that kind of thing. You know, a lot of people wait until something goes terrible in their life and then they do turn may turn to prayer and um particularly in our society now you know everybody wants instant gratification instant results mm. um if you say a prayer now and if it isn't answered in five minutes um what's going on what's the problem here where are you where are you my lord um so i think that is a very interesting um thought-provoking quote to bring up awesome it is interesting talking about you know the biblical um aspects of patience it kind of makes you think of you think of heaven and hell like yin yang right so you got the the most unholy of people but then the most holy of people are the saints and a lot of the saints especially in the old testament um whenever they were prophesying that you know the savior's coming jesus would god would return you know there's all these things that are foreboding or foreshadowing i'm sorry what's going to be coming and a lot of people ended up getting killed for their beliefs before they ever got a chance to see what that meant, that Jesus was that, that second coming. But they had the patience to kind of, you know, despite not having any evidence of it and knowing that it's going to happen one day and having all these prophecies about it, and they gave their life for it. And so I mean, that's some serious patience because never, you've never seen it, you're never going to see it, and you're going to get killed for believing it. But to the, day, to the day they die, they actually had that patience to just wait and, you know, yeah, I think that is uh, it, one of the other quotes I have here. It kind of toggles right into it. It's from Romans twelve twelve. It says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and then persistent in prayer. And that's really kind of summation of what you're talking about with that example, Greg. 
Yeah, Craig, uh, it's interesting that you brought that up because um, uh, another quote that I found was by uh, Julius Caesar, and it goes kind of to the extent that you were saying, uh, and the quote is, it is easier to find men who will volunteer to die than to find those who are willing to endure pain with patience. Ah. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. uh, you know, that's... <laughs> It just brought it to my mind whenever you said that. So I was like, oh, man, I got to bring this one up then. That's awesome. It's funny. I was, you know, a couple of times we've gone back to definitions, you know, mm-hmm. just yeah. to see what they mean. And, you know, I, there was a lot of negative um, words when I was looking up definition of, you know, really? patience. So like a couple of definitions just to kind of get us thinking about things. Um, the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble or suffering without getting angry or upset. So like the end game was angry or upset. Another one was uh, patience is the level of endurance one can have before negativity. So it's kind of like the end game is, you know, how well can you tolerate the suffering before you kind of have a bad attitude, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. No, but I no. agree. And, you know, that was something that uh, we were doing last night at our house. Um, you know, kids... We we're trying to go to bed a little bit earlier last night, get things wrapped up so we could have a little quiet time, relax. And the kids were not cooperating. And, <laughs> you know, two kids screaming, hollering, crying. You know, the first 10 minutes isn't too bad. And then, then it, when it drags on to a couple of hours, you're like, oh my goodness, it's not that cold outside. Maybe I can put them on the deck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's interesting with that, Craig, what you're saying there too. I think, and it, what came to my mind is frustration. You can get frustrated pretty easily, but all those things in the couple examples you just gave uh, through definition, it brings out, a, patience brings out a lot of the different human emotions from, sure, the, sure. from the negative side to the positives in human emotion, which I think is pretty, that's something that I like. I love the human spirit, as I've discussed many times. Well, within the human spirit, there's human emotion. Yeah. And we do experience those emotions, and I think, through having patience, one experiences those ups and downs of the different human emotions. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, there was another uh, quote that I found uh, when I was looking around, and it kind of touches on what you were talking about, too. Um, and it says, there are two things that define you, your patience when you have nothing and your attitude when you have everything. Um, so, I don't know, just something that yeah, kind of plays off of what you way. said. Um, you know, a lot of people don't have... Uh, patience enough to to put in the time and effort and fortitude to get to where they want to be. Um, so, I don't know. And you mentioned instant gratification. I think today's society, that's what we're programmed, right? Mm-hmm. Everything's Correct. like snap of, you know, boom, get the email, get the text. Snap of a finger. Snap of a finger. You well, know, bam. <laughs> um, anyway, and rather than, uh, like you mentioned, that delayed gratification approach, it would probably leave them much more fulfilled, especially if you're pursuing something down the road, you know, like the long-term patience. Like, right. You, you know, the work it takes to accomplish a goal or, you know, the trials and tribulations you may go through to get to the end point, whether you're helping, you know, we're fighting a disease like cancer or you have a, a child who's difficult and you're kind of going through the teen years, you know, you just, there's all these unknowns, but a lot of times just that perseverance, I think the, the, uh, the long-term fulfillment um, could, be, could be worth it. I think that's really well said, Craig. I honestly think patience is a skill that has to be learned um, and and can take time. And if you put yourself in situations, and we all are, you can put yourself in it intentionally or unintentionally in which patience needs to be used. I think I've learned in my trials and tribulations in life that, um, and I do always think about that quote I heard a lot growing up, patience is a virtue. 
that I've, it's become a little more of a learned skill, still something I'm working on, but a skill you can learn over time. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, they say, be cautious whenever you, if you ask for God for patience, cause he will give you opportunities to, uh, to grow in that aspects and need to use that to, uh, to get through your daily activities. So, uh, for me personally, you know, I got married later on in life. <clears throat> I had been single for a long period of time. So I was used to doing what I wanted to do and I wanted to do when I wanted to do it and really had accountability to myself. So for me to transition into home life, family life, it, it did take a lot of work on my part to, uh, be more patient with, uh, other people, my, my wife, uh, my stepson. Um, and you know, that brings up another aspect where, <clears throat> you know, we have a blended family. I have a stepson. So, uh, his dad lives in Alabama. So, holiday times other things like that uh, you know he'll go see his dad or his dad will come here sometimes which he was here last week for andrew's basketball game which was great but uh you know sometimes it's difficult to to go through those things and to just try to be patient in whatever uh, situation that comes up uh, and realize that um, you know you I definitely want andrew to spend time with his dad and have those interactions but uh, it isn't always easy whenever you know, it's tough enough to have your own family and deal with your immediate family, but then whenever you have a blended family, you have a whole other set of family that you have to deal with, right. mm-hmm. and all of those interactions uh, take extra work, so it's, it's interesting. When it comes to examples of patients, I feel like I've been struggling with that with you lately, John. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the man. last two days, John and I have gone uh, to lunch, and on both occasions, John has struggled with this, and I'm struggling to understand John. Who paid for that lunch? Shockingly, John paid yesterday, and you left the tip the first day. <laughs> we were treated to lunch by someone else the first day. But on both instances, John has this problem in life where he wants to go to lunch, but he will literally hit you up en route, like on the way to lunch, completely last minute, no plan, no, which I'm an unplanned person too. But I was like, for instance, yesterday I was in the gym. John's like, hey, we're going to lunch. We were trying to, to bring T. Claude, who I work with, some pretty fly socks that John got him. And I really wanted to be there for this instance. And literally, he texts me at 11.43, hey, man, lunch with tea? And I responded back, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. That's I, literally what I responded back. I like, think awesome. it could have been more forceful than that, too. Yes, it was like, man, John, you know, I really, and of course, we made it happen. And John did pay for the food and ordered my food, which I was appreciative. But I wanted to be there for the experience. So I'm trying to be patient to learn John's ways. We were patient for you to deliver the gift so you could see his reaction whenever he got it. So in my defense, what happened, what's been happening is my wife is off for of the work. last three years. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening currently is my wife is off of work for a while. So at home, I like to go home and help her out, give her a little bit of break. If she needs to go run an errand or just do whatever she needs to do and not have to be and. Uh, available for constant attention for uh, sweet little baby uh, Elijah Bear Lucia. And yesterday I texted her and said, are you available for lunch? What are you doing for lunch? I didn't get a respond for, I didn't, actually she te- finally texted me back when we were at the restaurant. And uh, so it, anyway, I've been having these uh, socks for T-Claude for several months now that I've been wanting to get with him and give it to him. So that was an opportunity that I wasn't going to go home and um, help my wife out because I didn't think that she was going to be home. So 
So anyway, um, that's why there was a last minute um, invite. I text T. Claude. He was available. Fabulous excuse, but this is one out of like a hundred. I feel like we need <laughs> to talk. I feel like we need to talk about these socks too because I was patient for very a long patient, time dude. to give it to really him. Really patient and very cool socks. So what happened was um, we were at a cook-off, uh, gumbo chili cook-off several months back and Wait, tell the people where it was at. Craig's it was place. at Crying Eagle, yes. Okay, it was awesome. at Crying Eagle. Um, so we were, I was chit chatting with him, and he was like, "Man, what's the deal with you buying all these hot dog socks and stuff for him?" And he's like, "Man, that's strange. I mean, what are you doing buying another man's socks and all this?" I'm like, "Man, I'm I'm branding him, of course." <laughs> so the next week, um, I saw these fabulous socks on the internet, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, these are perfect. Um, I've got to get these for him." So. The the socks have the um, the artist from PBS. Um, God, remember his name? He used to Bob Ross. Bob Ross. Man, yes, yes. Right? it's Bob I, Ross. I love me some Bob Ross, y'all. So anyway, the here, awesome. The, I've never heard of the guy. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> you're not watch such channels. I don't hey, watch. You're too watch young. Either. You're too young to experience oh, that. Man, so that's excellent. So he's yes. on the on, on the socks. It's a picture of Bob Ross's face, and it's like. <laughs> We look at these pretty clouds or something about the clouds. And anyway, T. Claude's nickname is the cloud, according to uh, mm, yeah, Hot I Dog. Gave, I gave T. Claude the name because he's like a cloud of dust, dude. He'll be there and then boom, he's gone. You don't know where he went. could <laughs> be mid-sentence, just gone. So anyway, I, I had to get them for him. So uh, it took me a while to, to uh, deliver them to him, but it just worked out yesterday. And I knew Hot Dog wanted to be in on the action. So... After he sent me that ugly text message, I, man, I just responded and said, I didn't have patience. <laughs> I responded and said, well, you know, I've known of this plan for about 13 seconds now. That's what he did say. <laughs> yes, that was the old frustration bowling over. I was literally like, we have been talking about doing this for two months. That's it's awesome. now 1143, <laughs> which I was super thankful to be there. But yes, the human side of me was like, John, what the heck? I think they went over pretty well, though, don't you think? They went over really well. <laughs> really well. When it comes back to patience, too, another thing I thought about is kind of in life, you don't realize things are happening when they're happening. So it feels like you're trying to be patient, but every day might feel the same, or you don't feel like you're making any progress. And so I thought to myself just last night when I was thinking about this, I was like, well, we're kind of middle of the way through February. So we're taking six weeks into the year. And then it dawned on me, well, made it to the national championship this year. Because I always like to experience get wow. some things on the books. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> and I made it to the national championship. Uh, we've got 10 episodes now of a podcast. Which wow. Is, yeah, this is the 10th. That's tenth. true, y'all. We made it Number to uh, double digits. Double digits. Shocking. Woo. And I've been to uh, Nevada and California now on a little trip and I'm like, man, I feel like nothing. And when I was thinking about it, felt like nothing has really happened. And you're like, man, I need to be doing stuff, experiencing. And then you look back and you're like, wow, like stuff is happening. I'm sure y'all can have examples in your own life, but it might feel like nothing's occurring when in actuality right. you've experienced a lot. I mean, just like you, Craig, you've done a ton this year, been up to DC, the Mardi Gras balls, been to LSU. When you think about it. Yeah. A lot of stuff. Got a little conference in Boston coming up. Maybe I can get someone to join me. <laughs> Hot dog will be there, just waiting on Craig to book plane tickets. Steve, maybe. Hey, we, we're going to see what's going to happen. Um, Let me tell you know. something, Craig, that I don't know if I've told you before about John. So Hot Dog asks John to do stuff all the time. And he pulls through like 25% of the time. Anytime, so you're saying there's a chance. Yes. Anytime Craig does something, John's going to find a way. So... <laughs> 
the fact that well, I can bet that you just a lot shows of money. who I would like to spend my time with. It's, I guess that's why I'm not his Facebook friend. <laughs> I, I knew it. I knew it. You're probably gonna get the invite soon, dude. I, I would be shocked if not. So I've been asking John to go on a trip now all of last year. He promised me we were going somewhere in the fall. Failed through. Didn't go anywhere. So I literally say, hey, Craig's got this thing in Boston. I think I'm going to fly up for a couple of days. The next thing I know, I get a text message from him. What are the dates of this trip? He's already trying to work it out. It's not because <laughs> Hot Dog is like, oh, man, Craig and Hot Dog are going to be there. I'm going to be there. Well, I've got a, an extra incentive to, uh, to head up there. Uh, one of my little brother's best friends is uh, doing a uh, plastics residency at uh, Harvard. So he's up there by himself, um, and I've known this kid like my whole life. So I, and I nicknamed him Ashley. His name is Seth Fruget, uh, but I nicknamed him Ashley because when he was in college and played football at LSU, actually he had this long, blonde hair, um, <clears throat> and he was a um, TV camera magnet. Like they caught him all the time. So we went to. Uh, the beach for one of Gabriel's uh, bachelor parties and he came with us and standing on the beach uh he was sitting there his hair was all blowing in the wind and I was like oh my god you look you look just like your sister Ashley so after that we called him I've called him Ashley ever oh, since and funny. everybody else calls him Ashley he was introducing himself as Ashley <laughs> for the rest of the trip <laughs> Man, he really anyway he's uh he's a good guy so that was another motivation for me to maybe get up there um get to Boston which I haven't been yet so that's That'd one thing I'm trying to, you know, if anything, I sometimes I start burning too many ends of the candle or whatever you call it. You mm -hmm. know, I've just got so many things going and you get so caught up in all the different demands that each of those um, things, you know, ask of you, which yeah. then a lot of times, you know, it can quickly to impatience because you're, you're trying to satisfy all these things that have to occur and, uh, you know, it always gives you free time to kind of take a deep breath. And you mentioned, you know, clouds. You know, Ricky Claude <laughs> and Bob Ross, you know, you know, and, you know, sometimes your emotions can quote unquote cloud your logical thinking. Right. You know? yeah. And so taking, you know, I think gratitude's a, you mentioned looking back, gratitude's a good way to, I think, dispel impatience. If you can um, be grateful in the moment for the things you've got, things you've done. We've mentioned this in other of our episodes about gratitude, but I think that in a moment, like let's say you get cut off by somebody in the street, you know that gut reaction to just da -da, you know, get upset. But hey, if you can find a way to appreciate the fact that you can drive, you have a vehicle, and there's a road, you know, those little things, it kind of puts it into perspective. And, you know, really at the end of the day, why are you upset? You know, I mean, we've all been guilty. I think anybody listening, none of us are saints. Hopefully we're striving to be, um, but we're all going to be impatient at times. Right. But maybe the gratitude thing, um, something we can be grateful for might help uh, get us through those times where we're feeling the anxiety of impatience. No, that's that's a good point, Greg. Um, I just have a question. Is that something else that you got from your wife too? Oh, what's, oh well, I should... <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I'm trying to pull her in on the impatience. <laughs> so if I'm if I say the incorrect answer and she gets upset, can I say, "Babe, you're just being impatient. <laughs> you need to listen. Hear me out. Hear me out." <laughs> that's awesome. No, I think that's a good a good tool to use that, that can help you in times when you need patience. Another thing I thought of that y'all can speak to, because I see it all the time with my clients, is when someone is hurt and has to get go through a treatment plan, you, can, you don't instantly get better. Especially so John, in a lot of instances, will start someone out with some soft care of treatment, and then they wind up seeing Craig to do an injection. It might be four to six months later that the, that the person gets better, and you have to go through the... Um, 
uh, non-quick fix, so to speak. Like my own dad is is going to be having um, knee replacement surgery, but he's also having some neck pain. He saw Craig for it, and it's been recommended he has PT. And Andy Mann is not really wanting to do the PT. Uh, he would rather, you know, he's tried a few injections and he's like, hey, uh, I think Kelly had seen him. He was like, you need to do some physical therapy. And I was telling my dad, and he's, he's like, man, I can just tell he doesn't want to roll in three days a week and sit there and go through the exercise and do all that. And he's seen John before he's done a lot of stuff. But sometimes you got to have patience in, in healing an injury, which I'm sure y'all see all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that is something that we see quite frequently. Um, I I had a, a guy that I saw this week at, it's not my patient. It's my brother's patient, but, um, his kids were sick with uh strip. So he took off in the morning. So I saw, uh, the patients that they couldn't transfer out, um, to afternoon for him. And the guy came in, I'd seen him, uh, I'd seen him, uh, and we were talking about what was going on and he was asking, my brother had been treating for a couple weeks and he was doing tremendously better. And, and I would talk to him about him the potential of him having a, a disc issue and, uh, you know, his immediate response is, well, if I have a disc issue, um, let me get an MRI right now. I'm like, well, you know, you don't really need an MRI. There's not any neurological uh, symptoms that would warrant you to have that immediately. And he's asking, what, well, what's the next step? What do we do from here? What if this doesn't work? Uh, so I had to go through all of those things to say, look, this is where you were when you came in. You had all this antalgic positioning. You could stand up straight. You know, your pain levels have dropped by this amount. What do I do next? It's like, well, you know, we're going to treat you another two to three weeks. If that, you know, you're still having this much problem, we're going to do an MRI. If you do, in fact, have a disc on uh, the MRI, then, you know, we'll be talking about possibly doing uh, epidural steroid injections, something that Craig Cream over here specializes in. Um, So... For him, he's just like, okay, how do, I, how do I turn this off? How do I flip the switch? How do I get rid of this right now? And for a lot of the things that we see, it's not an immediate, you know, turn the switch off. And that's really not the best way to handle those conditions either in most cases. He's totally right. I mean, God, we probably deal with that on a daily basis. People want instant fix. And when it comes to the body and, and healing, especially the spine, it's a process. It's a journey. And so hopefully we can um, help him with that patience. But it's, uh, it's challenging. Um, but you know, I think a lot of those, the ultimate reward comes from giving it the time and not forcing it. Cause at the end of the day, going through those emotions of impatience or just being upset really doesn't really change the situation. You know, it increases your cortisol level. So you're going to have more stress, (laughs) more anxiety. You're going to be, you know, possibly transferring that anger and frustration to on your loved ones. Uh, there's one more quote that I'd, I'd written down that really kind of was kind of cool. I thought it said, patience is a form of peace the very result we so often seek but struggle to find. Mm. So it's, uh, it's almost like if you want to be in a peaceful place, you know, if you allow yourself to have that patience, the emotions of calm and happiness and at least some sense of peace is more likely than not going to, to fall upon you. And the alternative is those things you mentioned earlier with the, you know, the fear, the, the anger, being upset, the negativity. So... We just know from a medical standpoint, putting ourselves in that positive emotional state is going to be a healing in its, of itself. And so, sure. hey, we all struggle with it, but hopefully there'll be some insights today that some of y'all can apply. I know I'm certainly going to take what you guys said to heart because, I mean, it, it's a journey we're all along. We're all on this road trip together. So Yeah, I actually wrote Life is a Journey. That's really true, Craig. And I think... Um, That's a is, lyric. Huh? That's a lyric from a song. <laughs> Thanks, John. <laughs> 
I do think that. <laughs> I, do think, I don't want you to take credit for it. I know how you are with these sayings. <laughs> Apparently, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Got half glass full. You got a. Uh, you got tiny glasses or like something. Birds on cows. That's another one of my favorite ones. <laughs> okay anyway but what you were saying i do think we do search for patience and it's difficult to find because we're always moving and looking for it or trying to get our way out when you're hurt trying to get yourself better um things like that and i think that um sometimes you got to be still which brings me to the last quote it's kind of funny i could parallel right with it it's actually psalm 37 7 says be still before the lord and wait patiently for him to act and sometimes you got to be being still allows you to have that peace, which Craig was just talking about. Patience can bring forth some peace. Being still brings forth inherently patience in general. And uh, I think when you are still and you listen, it's that same deal. You might not feel like you're getting a lot out of it. Just like when the days are passing, you might not be able to tell one from the next, but things are happening. When you're still, something is happening within yourself. It's a little bit of a calm. Your mind might be racing. You can slow it down a tad and maybe find a little clarity. Not every time you're still, but the sum total of all the times you're still, you get some form of clarity. And it kind of made me think of that song. I think it's by, John probably knows it. It's a Christian song by Hilary Scott called Still. Oh, wow. Have you all ever heard of that? You probably have heard it on the radio. I'm sure I have. I don't know it by the title, but I'm sure I have. Um, And, you know, that kind of is the thought process of things that I've shared with you, Hot Dog, as far as solo traveling. There, There are great great things to do where you're forced to go out and meet new people, talk to new people on the plane, in the airport, everywhere that you go. But there it will certainly be times uh, where you, ha- you are by yourself and you will have that stillness. You will have that time to reflect and think because unless you find uh, a roommate while you're on the road, you should be by yourself and have that time to reflect and um, have that moments of stillness and reflect on what is um, in your life that you want to think about what you need clarity on. So you're welcome for that great advice. (laughs) I'm out. (laughs) All right, guys. Now we're going to move on to uh, hit the brakes. Hot dog. Anything uh, cause you to hit the brakes this week? Yes. I was thinking about that. It happened just this morning. I was back visiting my lovely Vietnamese client. Oh, you're going to go across the pond and go get a wife? Get a wife? No. no. <laughs> oh, man. Not going to make it across the pond. Are you scared point. of the virus? Is it the virus that's holding you back, Corona? The virus would definitely scare me, obviously, after the dinging outbreak and down there in South America where Cannon and I were going to go. I definitely probably wouldn't be making it all the way over there. Okay. Um, but I went and visited her this morning. We had some good news on her case, and I shared it with her, and she's a super appreciative lady. And she told me she wanted to bring me to their place of worship, um, which I've never been i think i think it's a temple i'm not sure you know hmm. she's there they worship buddha out there and I, I really don't know a ton about it so i'm not trying to offend anybody if i'm saying this wrong and she said hey i want to bring you out to meet all the people tell them what you've done for me but she did she told me um she was so thankful to me and she put her hand like right on my little chest and she said i just want to tell you you're like the sweetest person i've ever met thank you so much and i asked her you know about their the place that we're going to go worship at and um, I'm going to go not this Sunday, but next. I'm sure we'll have a nice story to tell about that. 
And she told me the roads were kind of messed up out there getting to it. It's somewhere pretty far south of town. So mm. I'm going to try to help her out. Thought I would make a little donation to that on their behalf. But it made me stop and think for a second. Again, I'm living my life, which I'm, I'm kind of like Craig. I feel like I sometimes burn the the wicket both ends. I don't know what the yeah, saying is. It is like a saying that. like that. Yeah. Um, but I burn it pretty good myself. And I'm trying to in the restaurant podcast work. I'm still trying to make my way out there to the jail to visit people, the elderly. It's kind of a long list here. And I was so thankful that God put this opportunity in my life to go learn from a different culture, be around different people. But it did make me stop and think, man, I'm running around like crazy. And this is the biggest deal for her. The fact that I helped her in her case, the fact that I'll go visit, potentially help him out a little bit out there. Uh, and it did. It made me slow down just for a minute and be like, man, A, that how thankful I am for my own life would be that someone would care about me that much and be that appreciative. So that definitely made me hit the brakes a little bit this morning. Are you going to rub the Buddha? Is that what I'm supposed to do? I have no idea. <laughs> I can't. Wait I think to hear you about should, it. regardless. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. Well, and we're glad she's have a, has a good outcome to her case. That's all. Yeah, man, she's she's endured a lot, and I, I haven't brought her name up, but it was funny. I told her about the podcast. She didn't know what a podcast was. I told her not this time, but the time before, and I literally go through her house and visit her quite often. And she said, uh, "Why didn't you mention my name?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was like, well, "It just gets worse, folks." <laughs> so um, yeah, it'll be an interesting experience, and I'll have to let y'all know how it turns out. All right, guys, we appreciate everyone listening in um, on episode ten. We're very thankful for all our listeners, and we would appreciate y'all hitting us up on Facebook or Instagram. Tell us what you think, things that tools you might use whenever you're trying to deal with some patients in your own life. And until next time, we'll catch you later. Aye. Hey, y'all. If you've been enjoying picking up what we've been laying down, subscribe and never miss an episode. Find us on social media and let us know who's driving your car this week. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Who's Driving Your Car Podcast. Perfect timing, sun is shining, nothing more I Sing with me